Alright, so in the Life Masterclass this morning, we're still continuing our discourse on developing the life skills required for marketplace relevance. Like I already told us like three weeks ago or four weeks thereabout. Um, I'm not in a rush, right, with this um, discourse, especially in the Life Masterclass. The goal, right, in all our first services to, is to equip and empower us, right, to be all God wants us to be in our businesses and in our careers. One of the things I've come to realize is that a lot of believers, and I strongly believe that it's even becoming um, worse as it were. Let me use that word in this age and time, especially in the last couple of years. A lot of believers, you know, when we think about what God wants for us, our attention and focus is solely on our spiritual growth and development. And we ignore every other aspect of our life, especially as regards to our work. And so when most people are thinking of God's will for their life, you see, the average person is even thinking of, oh, maybe God wants to send them to one village to be a missionary. You know, when they are thinking of God's will, God's purpose, they are not thinking of um, God wanting them to be the best in their field of play. But you see, the very first thing God gave to man, you see, was walk. I've said that a couple of times, walk. In the beginning, God said to Adam, he said, tend the garden, keep the garden. And we know that Adam means, you know, mankind. So that instruction is not only for the male gender, it's for the male and the female. So God wants us to do well in our businesses and in our careers. As a matter of fact, he said, Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may glorify your father which is in heaven. A failed career and a failed business does not bring glory to God. God wants you to do well in the works of your hand. Can somebody say amen to that? So he wants you to do well. So it simply means that when you are not doing well in the works of your hand, God is not pleased. He's not pleased. However, you need to understand that to fulfill God's plan and purpose for your life, especially as regards, you know, the works of your hand, there are certain skills that are required. And that's what we've been talking about in the past couple of weeks since the month of January. And we said the first skill we need to develop is what? deep spirituality and the second is what the second is selling right and the third is networking skills and we've been on that for three weeks now and i'm going to continue where i stopped last week ecclesiastes 4 and verse 9 to 10 the bible says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor it says for if the fall the one will lift up his fellow But he says, woe to him that is alone when he falls, for he has not another to help him up. And like I emphasized last week, the Bible did not say say that, um, woe to him that is alone if he falls. He says, woe to him that is alone when he falls. So it simply means in the life of everyone, no matter how precise your decisions are, you see, there are times when you will fall. And the Bible is saying that when that time comes, right, woe, the word woe is an old English word for destruction. The reason why a lot of people are destroyed in business and career is because in the days of their trouble, they are usually by themselves. You see, so the Bible is saying here that woe to him that is alone because when he eventually falls, there is no one to help him up. I pray for you that in the days when you need destiny helpers, may you not be lacking in the name of Jesus. So we said there are two types of networks that we need to cultivate or that are already in our life. We said conscious networks and unconscious networks. And we spoke about the fact that everyone that amounted to much in the Bible and even that has amounted to much in our days, right, were people that prioritize relationships. 
We see that in the life of Jesus. We saw that in the life of David, right, and a couple of other people. Basic networking facts. We already dealt with that. And we said that um, there are networking mistakes people make. This was where we stopped last week. Number one, we said the first networking mistake is people networking only when they need it. Networking only when you need it is one of the major mistakes people make in networking, right? Most people don't think that they need to develop new relationships in their life until there is a need for it. At that point, it already becomes too late. That's what happens, you see. I believe some of us may have expressed this before, that when you see certain people's phone call, you already know they need something. How many of us know what I'm talking about? All right. You already know this person is in need of something. Because they are not cultivating that relationship. But like I already said, that networking is not just the initiation of certain relationships, right? It is the initiation, the maintenance, and the sustaining of symbiotic, valuable relationships. So the fact that you have met someone does not mean they are in your network. Your networks are the people you know that know you and that can come to your aid and assistance when you are in need. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So the fact that you know someone and they know you does not even mean they are part of your network. The question is, in the days, right, when you need that relationship, can they rise up, right, and say that I'm here for you? That's your network. So the fact that you have someone's number on your phone does not mean the person is part of your network. So the first mistake is networking only when you need it. Number two is not making it a lifestyle. That's the second mistake people make. Not making networking a lifestyle. You see, it should be habitual, especially when you find yourself in a new place, right? One of the things you need to do, you go for an event, you know, you go to an industry meeting, you know, um, whatever. Always make it up. Don't, don't, don't be in the habit of secluding yourself. It's amazing that sometimes, you know, people are even on social media and the account is private. They didn't call it private media. It's social media. If you're not going to be social there, you have no business being there. I hear what I'm saying. The one that baffles me is singles trusting God for a life partner whose accounts are private. You are found. Don't worry. You just don't know. Not making it a lifestyle is a networking mistake. A networking mistake. You know, the thought is self-centeredness. If everything must be about you in a relationship, you will never have quality people in your life. Everything can be about you. The world should not revolve only around you. The fourth mistake is asking for help or favors at first contact. Asking for help or favors at first contact or in the early stages of a relationship. Before you make withdrawals, right, which is what happens when you ask for favor, you must first make a deposit. Imagine you open a bank account, like the initiation of a relationship. You have not made any deposits in that account. Well, after you open the bank account, the next day you go to the bank and you say you want to withdraw a million naira. And you only open the account with 10,000 naira. What will happen? They will arrest you because you are a fraud. And that's what happens with many people. They initiate a relationship today. Tomorrow they are already placing a demand. It simply means that that's the reason why you initiated the relationship in the first place. You were not truly, genuinely interested in that relationship. You only wanted to take advantage of that individual. The next is number five. I stopped at number four last week, so it's time to be writing, it's time to write. The next mistake is deception. 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 What do I mean by deception? When most people meet maybe someone they've always admired from a distance or someone that they really want to build a relationship with, 
when they eventually meet those people, the average person gets into a deceptive mood by trying to over-impress. So they project an image that is not true. <laughs> Some even get to the point of lying. And let me tell you, the thing about deception is that it would always be discovered. A lie may reign for 20 years, but one day the truth will be discovered. It's only a matter of time. Trying to impress and pretending to be who you are not will eventually be discovered. And the thing is, when the truth is discovered, you will eventually lose the relationship itself. You see, if you have to pretend to be who you are not, to be accepted in a certain circle, you are in a wrong network. I hear what I'm saying. If you have to pretend to be rich when you are not rich, you have to pretend you can you speak Queen's English. Huh? When you speak, when you when your English is Ogbomosho English, you are in the wrong network. Now, does that mean when you are in a new network or you build a new relationship, you open up yourself overnight and say, ah, This is where I am? Oh. No, 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 no. That's, there's a balance to it. That's a place where wisdom comes in. I hear what I'm saying. But trying to be who you are not trying to lie, trying to project an image that is false, right, is eventually going to backfire. The sixth mis networking mistake is doing all the talking without listening. Doing all the talking without listening. And sometimes this is born out of low self-esteem and a desire to impress also. Always talking. I learned something many years ago that there is nothing I say today that will teach me anything new. You learn by listening, not by talking. Am I making sense? And one of the things you must learn to do when you are cultivating a new network is to learn about the people you are developing a relationship with. But if you are the only one talking, how will you learn about the people? I hear what I'm saying. So one of the things you need to do is initiate conversations that will make you know more about the person or the people you are just getting to meet. You see, if you don't have this basic understanding of networking and if you don't prioritize it, see, I can tell you in advance, your struggle in life and the marketplace will be endless. See, when I see people struggling, I know that it's not that God's favor is not on their life because even favor is channeled through human beings. In simple terms, what is favor? Favor is help. Supernatural help and natural help. If you are not being helped by anyone, it simply means you don't have quality relationships in your life. That's what it means. That's what it means. See, the best jobs are not gotten through the submission of CVs. They are gotten through referrals. So the question is, who is referring you? Remember the scripture we read, you know, as a background text for this series. The Bible says that when the evil spirit of depression will come upon Saul, the Bible says that the people will be bothered. And one of the days, you know, one of his guys said to him that there is someone that we know that can play the harp well. His name is David. Once they place the harp, the spirit of depression is going to leave you. David was not in the palace, yet somebody recommended him. If he did not, if he did not have a relationship with that person, we don't know the, who the person is, right, or was, because the Bible is silent about it. But that person must have known David, and he must have discovered that David had the capacity to do what he was doing well. The question is what you can do, who knows you can do it? And the truth is nobody would know you can do it if they don't have a relationship with you in the first place. You see, one of the ways the devil afflicts people is by isolating them. I'm, 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 I'm young enough. I don't want to say I'm old enough. <laughs> I'm young enough to realize that when a believer is isolated, he's about to be afflicted. I've seen it happen several times. I've seen it happen several times. 
I don't care how well you are doing now. If you are isolated, there's an attack on the horizon. It's a devil strategy, you see. The devil is not that creative. Never forget that. He keeps recycling the same method over the century, over the millennia. Same thing. Over and over. Over. He has no new strategy. So if you can study the scriptures, if you can study history, you will know the devil's strategy. You will know where he's going. So most times, for instance, you see people who are always, you know, bubbly, relational. All of a sudden, they begin to isolate themselves. Sometimes, you see, is it that they're already backsliding or the devil is about to afflict them? But let me tell you this, it's not normal because even God said it is not good for man to be alone. So it simply means when you are by yourself, something bad is about to happen to you or is already happening. Never forget that. Never forget that. Never forget that. So why is it that people don't network? Please write this down. Why is it that people don't network? Number one is low self-esteem. Low self-esteem. Low self-esteem. And what if I try to meet this person now and the person, you know, just rejects me? <laughs> you know, what if... Asking too many unnecessary questions. What if... How you think and feel about yourself would determine your capacity to network. How do you feel about yourself? Some of us don't even see ourselves as being worthy of being in relationship with certain people. You just say, ah, these people, they are better than me. Let me know my level. What's your level? Who told you that's your level? It's about how you see yourself. Some of us, we have sized up ourselves so much that we believe it's just, it's just like the children of Israel, the elders. You see, when Moses sent them to go spy out the land that God had given them, God already told them, I've given you the land. When they got to the land, they said, ah, it is as God said it. Like, but we are like grasshoppers. Who told them they were like grasshoppers? It was how they saw themselves. You see, you can't build relationships beyond your level of esteem. You can't. You can't. Am I making sense? You can't. You will never say, when I look at the quality of people around you, I know your level of esteem. I just know. If you don't have quality people around you, if you don't have successful people around you, if you don't have wealthy people around you, it's because you have a low self-esteem. Trust me. Because, you see, the way your self-esteem operates is like, is like a thermostat. It's like a thermostat. It will always regulate the relationships in your life. Even if you, by chance or by error, somebody introduces you to those relationships, you can't maintain it. You will not be able to sustain it. Because deep within yourself, something has sabotaged you. You have made yourself believe that, no, 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 no. These kind of people, they are too much for me. They are too much. Am I making sense? So the question is, how do you see yourself? You must work on yourself and your confidence level to the point where you can talk to anyone and initiate a conversation. I'm going to say that again. You must work on yourself and your confidence level to the point where you can walk up to anyone and initiate a conversation. You must. You must. Many of what we call humility in this part of the world, especially most believers, is low self-esteem. Say, so, ah, you know, I just, I just don't want to, I don't want to disturb them. <laughs> it's low self-esteem. Work on it. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, work on it. The second reason people don't network is laziness. 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 Or you can call it complacency. Laziness. Some people are just too lazy to initiate new relationships because let me tell you this, to have quality relationships is work. It's work to initiate it. 
It's more work to maintain it. So many people don't want to go through that work. They just want good things to fall on them. Like mangoes, ripe mangoes from the tree. Without any effort. Or with least effort. No, it doesn't work that way. It is work. So if you don't have quality relationships in your life, it's because you are not willing to do the work. You are doing every other work, but you are not channeling energy in that area of your life. It's work. It's work. It's work. And you must give attention to it. It is work to initiate a new relationship, and it is more work to maintain and to sustain it. The third reason why people don't network is what I call indulged personal weakness. Oh, sorry, indulged personality weakness, not personal weakness. Indulged personality weakness. Indulged personality weakness. So, there are different ways God has wired us as human beings. Some people are introverted, some people are extroverted. Now, the indulged personality weakness applies majorly to people who are introverted. And how that often happens is that if you're an introverted person, which predominantly I am, one of the things you have been made to believe over the years is that introverted people are shy. See, it's a lie from the pit of hell. I've told you, even being shy huh, is a demonic affliction. It's not normal. Because let me tell you this, if you are shy, you will be limited in life. You will be too shy to talk where you should talk. You will be quiet where you should be talking. You know what I'm You will have the capacity to do things that nobody will know about. Am I making sense? So please pay attention to that. Don't be saying anything that is a weakness can be improved upon. It can be worked on. It can be worked on. It can be worked on. For so many years, I battled with that lie. You know, I'm a shy person. You know, some of us is even like a bad job. But when you want to describe yourself, say, ah, you know, me, I'm a shy person. Please stop saying that nonsense. It's what people have made you to believe, what society has made you to believe. There is no place in the Bible where anything was inferred about anybody that, it was, that the person was shy. If you see it, please show it to me. And maybe one of the patriarchs of the faith, or, and Abraham was shy to talk to God. No, no, no. You will never see it in the Bible. If you don't see it in the Bible, if it's not inferred in the Bible, why are you claiming it? Why are you claiming it? Why are you claiming it? And the moment you say, ah, me, I'm a quiet person, you know, I just don't like disturbing people. The places where you should go, the places where you should talk, that can lead to your next level, you will not initiate those things because you have told yourself, this is who I am. That is not who you are. That is who you have made yourself to be. Let me tell you this. Who you currently are is not the way you were born. It's the way you have been programmed. Society programmed you. Your environment programmed you. If you have been born in a different household, you would have turned out differently. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now let me tell you this. The fact that you came from a background does not mean that that background must limit your life forever. Doesn't mean you can become somebody else. You can become a better version of who you currently are. The fourth reason people don't network is fear of rejection. Fear of rejection. Fear of rejection. Some people have already rejected themselves before people reject them. And what if I want to be friends with this person and they say no? They have not lost anything. Because before they said no, you didn't have the relationship. After they said no, you still didn't have it. But you have made an effort. See, when people tell you no, I've programmed myself many years ago to realize that no is not rejection. It's simply redirection. It simply means you are not the one. Never take rejection personal. 
In fact, I also see no as an acronym for next opportunity. So if I hear no, it simply means this is not the opportunity. Next. It's just, just you see, if you go to a social setting or you go for an industry meeting and you try to network with someone and the person is giving you a vibe or a body language they are not interested, move to the next person. It's not by force. Am I making sense? But what happens to so many people is once they get that negative body language, they just move to one corner and be sulky. Now, if I go and meet another person now, the person can give me another nail. <laughs> it's just like a man that tries to ask out a lady and the lady gives him nine, six, or is it six inches? And says he will not ask out any lady again. You will die as a single. <laughs> you move on. You move on to the next person. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh, you move on. You move on. You don't stay there. I love what the leper said. I think it's this second Kings chapter 4. He said, why sit we here till we die? Don't die where you are. Don't die with rejection. Move to the next person. Move on. The fifth reason people don't network is religious programming. And this one is a major problem for believers. Especially Nigerian Christians. Many of us have had... From older ministers, you don't need any man. All you need is God. How many of us have had that before? You don't need any man. <laughs> Even God needed men when he came to the earth. For years, I believed that nonsense. You don't need any man. It's the reason why a lot of us trivialize relationships. It's the reason why a lot of us are not grateful, even for the relationship God brings into our life. Because if you, yes, God is just using him. I don't need to say thank you. Really? Wow. Amazing. How, how smart, inversely smart you are. Religious programming. You see, when God was going to feed Elijah during the time of famine, God could have fed him himself, but he did not. In fact, when God fed him supernaturally through rivers, eventually God put a stop to it. God said, I'm sending you to a woman, a widow of Zarephath. He said, that's the woman that will feed you. If Elijah had said, no, all I need is God, he would have died of hunger in the famine that he himself initiated by the supernatural. You need people to get you out of where you are. As you are praying, God, this is my season of lifting. Understand that human beings are the instrument God will use to lift you. But if you have been programmed religiously to believe that you don't need any man, even when people are trying to help you, you will despise them. In fact, you will reject their help. Like, no. You see, when people say things like, all you need is God, the way they say it is as if God will come down from heaven himself to do certain things for you. No, he does not. You know how God moves in people's life? By moving people in your favor. That's how God moves. That's how God moves. He touches people's hearts to move on your behalf, to do things for you. For someone to refer you. For someone to recommend you. That is how God helps you. But when you have been made to believe and you've been programmed that you don't need any man, that's why you say, I have I've observed, especially Pentecostal Christians, we have no value for relationships. So let me tell you this. One of the ways it, it, it plays out is that in a lot of Pentecostal churches, you see people say things like, no, I mean, I just go to church and I leave. I don't. <laughs> have you had that before? People are in a church. They've been in church for three months. They don't know any human being in that church. Just go say, no, no, you know. I just like doing my thing. What's your thing? I just like doing my thing. You know, I just come and I go, you know. I give my offering. 
pay my tithe, sing hallelujah, raise the hands when they say we should raise our hands. No, we have been wrongly taught. The church is the family of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You may not know everybody, but you should know some people. It's nothing like my thing. I, I just come in, I breeze in, I breeze out. You see, when I see people who live like that, I know they are either living in sin or they are about to backslide. Because one of the ways, one of the things that keeps you in check as a believer is accountability structure. If there is no accountability structure around your life, you will easily sleep. And when you are sleeping, nobody will be able to call you to order or say, aha, uncle, something is changing about you. It's changing. I know how to pronounce it, it's changing. Because some of us are this person, ah, you can't pronounce change. <laughs> something is changing. And you need to pay attention to it. Am I making sense this morning? Am I boring you? You know, these things sound very simple, but it can limit destinies. And I want you to pay attention to it. Religious programming. Number six is pride. Pride. And sometimes this pride is a byproduct of religious programming. Statements like, I don't need anybody, is a proud statement. You don't need anybody. You, you don't need anybody. Really. You know, a lot of people are proud and they don't even know they are proud. Sometimes when people say things like, I just don't want to disturb, it's not that you don't want to disturb, you are proud. The reason is this, you don't want people to see you the way you really are. That you don't have the capacity for, if I now ask you, you now look like, what's looking like? That's who you already are, that's your level. If you don't open up, you may never leave that level. I remember growing up, my mom used to say a proverb in our language. It would say, a corpse does not hide from the person that will give it his last bath. That's some of us, you just, you are, <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. Deal with it. James 4 and verse 6, the Bible says God resists the pride and the proud. See, oftentimes the reason why a lot of people are stagnated is not even the devil resisting their progress. It's God. But you, this is your pride. You cannot rise. You will stay there until you learn humility. He says he gives more grace. Wherefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace unto the humble. It's pride. Subtle religious pride. I don't need it. They, 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 will not, they will not think I don't have it. Do you have it? Oh, you don't have it now. They will now think. Number seven is foolishness. The seventh reason people don't network is foolishness. Pastor, what do you mean by foolishness? <laughs> by the way people think and what they say. So you see someone who is younger than you, but the person has what you don't have. See, she's even my junior sister's mate. You are foolish. My, my, my junior sister's mate. I'll now be. She should be the one running after me. Run after you for what? For what? I remember, I, I can't, I say, till date, I've still tried to remember what the conversation is about, but I really cannot remember. I think I was five. Many, many years ago. It was that particular evening there was no light and we're just having conversations in the living room and I said something and one of my sisters, I can't even remember whether it's my eldest or my immediate, just said something, apparently I was right and my dad said that evening I'll never forget, he said it in our language, he said 
because my sister was trying to claim I'm the older, I'm the older sister. What that simply means in English is <laughs> your positioning in life is what makes you a senior. Ah, uh, that your age is of no consequence. I hope I got the translation. It's of no consequence. The English version of that proverb is the age of Methuselah has nothing to do with the wisdom of Solomon. Some of us, there are people God has positioned around you, but they are younger than you, but you despise them. Ah, I'm now gone. Ah, no. Should not be looking. Somebody that's already calling me auntie. Auntie that is broke. Auntie that is struggling. Auntie that has nothing to show with her life. Be like Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a priest. You see, to be a priest in the days of Jesus, you were a respected personality. The Bible says in the night. You could not come to Jesus in the day. In the night, the Bible says they went Nicodemusly to Jesus. How are you doing these things you are doing? That takes humility. For a man of his status to say that you are doing something that we that we have been in the temple all these years, we've not been able to do. How are you doing it? Some people never ask. Because of foolishness. Just believe, no, 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 I'm older. But people even say, no, what, I, I, I have the car. She does not have the car. See, <laughs> haven't you seen people who failed in school because of age? A younger person is in their class. Who is more intelligent? Everybody is learning from that person. Everybody gathers around that person. The person is teaching them, you know, tutorials. I say, no, I will, I will, now, I will, now, I will now go around these small children. These small children are passing, you are failing. One of the things that, you know, really baffled, I think it was early this year, was it late last year? A dear woman of God, many of us might know her, especially if you are a serious Christian. You've been a Christian for a while. And she posted on Instagram how that woman went back. I think she was 60 a couple of weeks ago. And she just went back to school to study law. You know, she's my pastor's spiritual mom. And she was talking about, you know, I was privy to that conversation. That she was, the first day she got to class, she said, with all the, that, that day, her excitement died. She almost quit. Because as they were talking, she just realized that I've not been in school for so many years. So, but she just noticed that this, there's a young lady that was just smiling to her, apparently. Someone, the young lady had been someone that had respected her from a distance. And she was a bookworm. She just, she just adopted her as a mentor. He said, everything lost, she didn't understand that the lady broke it down for her. What if she had sent me a grandma? I would now be her. Uh, the, the mate of my grandchild. It will be grandmother and fail Miss Reby. A lot of people don't network with quality people because of foolishness. See, everybody will not have everything, but the people that have what you don't have, that you know you need for your destiny, you better unboot yourself and network with them. And people say, well, what's special about her? Is she the only one? If it seems as if she's the only one, there's something she knows you don't know. Some of you in your workplace, you can see that your boss is taking a liking to someone. Is it the only one? What is it? Uh, so I even have better certification. Me that I have PhD. I have first class. There are many jobless first class people. The eighth reason why people don't network is ignorance. Ignorance. They just don't know how. They don't know how. And please understand that the kind of jobs you get, the spouse you marry, the amount of money you earn, the battles you fight, the victories you experience, they are all dependent on the quality of people in your life. Recently, I had a statement that the bishop, one of his sons, came to him, spiritual sons, and said, Sir, if you have to give me one advice in life and ministry, what would that advice be? 
kept quiet for a while. <laughs> when people like that keep quiet before talking, better listen. And he said to him, the only advice I have for you is never fight alone. Never fight alone. The battles of life are too much for you to fight alone. Many of us are fighting alone. You are fighting your financial battles alone, fighting spiritual battles alone. Everything you are always by yourself. You may not make it to your destination. No. Because by the time you should be enjoying life, you are going to be, you are, would have been battered from the battles of life. Have been battered. So many people don't know how, that's why they don't network. So next week, Sunday, I'm going to focus on how, how to practical steps to networking. But this morning, let me give us just one point as I round up. Have you been blessed this morning? The first practical step is to place priority on personal grooming. Prioritize personal what? Grooming. Quality people also want quality people around them. Am I making sense? And the first way people recognize if you are quality or not is from your appearance. When God sent Samuel to the house of Jesse to anoint the king, even Samuel, as anointed as he was, as discerning as he was, he was about to be deceived. Why? Because the Bible says when Samuel looked upon Eliab, the Bible says that he said, ah, this looks like a king. Behold, the anointed of the Lord. God had to tell him, he's not the one. He looks like it, but he's not the one. See, there is something in every human being, except something is dysfunctional about you. Every human being naturally wants to gravitate towards what and who looks good. That's why when you look good, you yourself, you know, and you feel better with yourself, don't you? Has anybody ever complimented you before, except something is terribly long somewhere? So you're looking good, so stop that, stop that, don't, don't be saying that kind of. Have you seen anybody do that before? When we say, oh, you're looking good, what happens? You smile, ah, oh, thank you. It boosts your self-esteem, your confidence level. Place priority on your personal grooming. The reason why some people, as much as they want to network with quality people, they don't have that privilege. Because before you even come close, they have put the barricade and the obstacle. Because from a distance, you don't look like someone they themselves want to meet. Prioritize your personal grooming. Don't just be casual about life. Next day, I have a mantra. Never step out of the house casually. I don't care what you are going to do or where you are going. Even if it's on your streets. Many people are too casual to count in life. Too casual. They say, yeah, because your workplace is closed. That's why you are just dressing anyhow to work. Don't do that. Casual people end up as casualties in the marketplace. Don't let that happen to you. Prioritize your personal. You say, um, so, uh, you know, there's also this mindset people have, especially Christians. When people come for midweek service in church, they say, it's just midweek service. So it's what makes midweek service is less important than um, Sunday service. Service is service. You are going to the house of your father. When you are going before the king, you prioritize your appearance. Please pay attention to your appearance. I'll talk more about that next week. Sunday. Father, in the name